find the baller. My life is more than money and jewelry. My story's so crazy, dog. I said make a movie behind the baller. I went from playing sports to exotic whips. Ain't gotta tell me, dog. I know I'm the shit behind the baller. My life is more than money and jewelry. My story's so crazy, dog. I said make a movie behind the baller. I went from music exec to this podcast. Now I finally feel at home and laugh behind the baller. Yo, 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 what's good, everyone? And happy Monday. It is June 19th. You are listening to the world famous Behind the Baller podcast. I am your host, Ben Baller, not Ben Humble, also known as the Wash Lord, also known as the Korean John Daly, also known as Odey Sue. If you don't know who Odey Sue is, man. Um, yeah, guys, this is the world famous BTB, the award winning, all that good stuff. This show is brought to you by the world famous Dust Brothers Productions. My man, Miles Davis, my guy, Jordan Winter, original music by Lakey, theme song by Illegal Cartel. I sound a little out of it, but I'm really not. I, I'm just actually in a great mood and I'm really going freestyle off the dome piece. This is episode 364. Guys, we're coming to you live and direct from Los Angeles. California. Um, I got new energy. I have uh, some concerns. I got, we got, a, we got a short show, but we got a good show. Okay. And I'm going to make up for it because uh, we got fan questions coming up next week. So man, let's get right in it. It's Victory Monday, guys. No cap. It is Victory Monday. Um, I got my trophies. I uh, had a weird week, man. And when I say weird, um, you know, up and downs, pun intended, that's with golf and everything. It's, it's been a weird one, man. You know, the, the world gets weirder every single day, but I get rewarded with so many things. I just, you know, I have to take and appreciate these blessings. You know, um, obviously the U.S. Open is in town, was in town and um, a lot of golf events and shit like that. But more importantly, you know, there's a lot of family things going on. When I mean family, I mean the Yang Gang. So, um, you know what? Let's start off with that, man. Let's start off with Father's Day. Yesterday was an absolutely incredible day. It was everything actually I, I would want it to be. It was by far possibly the best Father's Day I've ever spent, starting from the morning, um, 8.30 a.m., taking my kids to breakfast, getting some flapjacks, you know what I mean? And, um, and then hanging out and chilling, playing some Roblox with them and, and just chilling and kicking it and really giving all three of them, you know, each uh, individual and combined time. And then, uh, of course, going to their favorite place. Well, I should say our favorite place. I mean, I'm just, I don't know. Uh, hit the Cheesecake Factory, of course, because it's somewhere we could all eat. And, um, you know, all, all, I think all we fucking did was eat all day yesterday. But it's crazy, you know, Kaya eats everything. And that's normal for most families. But not ours. You got to understand like there's people like, "Oh yeah, they have, you know, they eat potatoes and fucking veggies or whatever and you know, um you name it. You know, most people are probably their kids, they feed them whatever, like, "Oh, you can have hamburgers, you can have pizza, you can have this whatever." And you know, I was a really picky eater, but some days I didn't really have the choice. I did eat a lot of Korean food growing up, but you know, and Mexican food, whatever. But as close-minded as I wasn't, that you, you really start to understand there's people out there who don't eat shit. And London Ryder are two of those people. But, uh, you know, Kaya 
had calamari yesterday. And when I was talking to Nicolette, she's like, she's had it in front of you a few times. I'm like, not that I remember. And I ain't like, it's a lot. That's for goddamn sure. But for those of you from LA or visited LA and, you know, and been to Sunset Plaza, there was a point in time in the 80s and 90s when Sunset Plaza was the place to go to, to go eat. That was like, that was the shit. Like that was where people wanted to go be seen. You know, you'd see the nice cars there, cars be parked there and everything, Clifoodies and Chin Chins and, and of course Le Petit Four and Le Petit Four is still there and it's still an amazing place to eat. The pasta uh, Toscana and their, their calamari is, is fire. Um, anyways, you know, Kaya, she, Jesus Christ, man, pancakes and calamari and chicken nuggets and then fucking steak and then chow mein. And when I mean chow mein, I'm talking about like pan fried noodles and ice cream and cupcakes and boba. We just, it was, it was crazy. I got to make breakfast in a little bit because it's real early right now. They're knocked out. And I was like, look guys, you guys sleep here. You know the rules. It's like, it's summer. Let's live, let's flourish. You know, I, I won't start getting them into a routine until possibly early August, you know, maybe mid-August is when we start getting them into a routine routine. And um, they're starting like a, a short camp and then the boys got golf coming up. But we had a great day, man. Again, you know, we went swimming and um, I got a fucking cake. I got a cake to just like celebrate, you know, got a fucking Baskin Robbins ice cream cake. And uh, we really didn't, I mean, we did a lot, but at the same time, I feel like we were just chilling you know, and um, watched a movie. We watched Meg, The Meg. It's about the Megalodon shark. And then um, it's crazy because I remember falling asleep when, when Ryder watched that movie and I was like, shit. Three years ago, maybe four years ago. And um, they fucking love that movie. And now Meg 2 is coming out. And I never think that shit was actually going to come out. Now it's coming out in August, actually. But yeah, man, you know, it, it was just a great time. Again, I just could just sit there and just vibe out and just chill. And um, I think that they just really feel comfortable, of course, which is really important. You know, like um, one of my worries when they first started coming to the new crib was they might not feel at home. But I think I built such a, a great environment for them here that, um, you know, they love it here. But again, Father's Day, you know, it's not really celebrated the same way Mother's Day is and and you know, I, I don't give a fuck. I'll celebrate it. You know, I, I do what I need to do. What else, man? What was uh, Saturday? Oh, shit. Well, we'll get into the U.S. Open in a little bit, man. It was a crazy week, guys. It was, um, you know, to start it off lightly, man, um, I got to hit Weddington with um, with the Dust Brothers, with Jordan Miles. Hit a little part three action, nine holes. And I'll be honest with you. Jordan and Miles are a lot better than I expected they to be. Like, I ain't played there in a minute, and I don't think I really necessarily tried. I think my mind was in a different place because I had a lot of shit going on that, you know, this week. And um, but they're really good. And I think I've mentioned it several times, but maybe I should really like emphasize the fact that Weddington is a hidden gem, and there's a whole court issue going on with that course right now. But the biggest gem there is the snack shop there. The cafe there is better than 90% of the golf courses I've been to. I would even say higher. 
and them dudes in there get down that grill. And one time my coach Ron was in there having lox, lobster and fucking steak. And I was like, what the fuck? Like dudes are real chefs. They do catering there and everything. So we had breakfast in there and they were like, oh shit, food is legit here. So that was a chill day. I'm trying to think. I'm just jumping all over the place. But you know, I had a lot of things going on and I got surprised by Steve Harvey of all people. I've been a fan of Steve Harvey for a long time. Some people are like, oh, Steve is corny. Some of the street people here. And I've always fucked with Steve. Before the Kings of Comedy, you know, um, the fuck was the TV show he was on? I'm not going to look it up. But Steve always been a cool dude. And I'm cool with Ced. Me and Cedric the Entertainer are tight. Me and uh, D.L. Hewley are cool. I didn't know Bernie Mac like that. So, you know, two of the four Kings of Comedy I've been cool with. And Steve's uh, people reached out to me about his annual Dubai Classic, his golf classic. And I'm like literally taken back. This is a six-figure, all-expense-paid trip. When I mean luxury, I'm talking first-class flight for you and a guest. You know, um, you play the top course in Dubai. Well, I'm sorry, in, in Abu Dhabi. Go to the Abu Dhabi F1 in a suite. Chef's six-star luxury hotel you know, everything taken care of, everything on his dime. And to be honest with you, I've been to Dubai four times. And, you know, I'm saying, I'm sorry, the UAE. I never really thought about going back. But now this shit is like this lit. Man, shout out to Steve Harvey. That's that's a big one. Um, What else, man? I want to talk about the US Open after the break. But, you know, Stephen Malbin had a lot of shit going on. He had um, Top Golf event on, I don't know if it was Tuesday or Wednesday or Thursday. I forgot what the fuck day it was. It might have been, no, it was Thursday. Jesus Christ, my brain is so out of it. I'm so fried. Thursday, he had a Top Golf event, and every single fucking golf influencer you could think of was there. Good Good was there, you know, um, CEO of Golf. Trick shots, um, all that shit. Every single motherfucker, uh, Snappy Gilmore, every all them dudes. It was a good time. And to tell you the truth, I would never drive all the way to fucking El Segundo if, um, you know, was it Wednesday night? It might have been Wednesday. Night. I don't even fucking know. But it was a great time. Um, food was great and everything. That was actually the first time I've been to Top Golf there. I've always been on one in Vegas, and then. On Friday, I had court. I didn't just have court. I had court in two different cities. So one had to be via phone and the other one appearance. And um, the one via phone was just like a technicality like thing. It was just, it was just whatever. Um, but I woke up real early, like 5.30, couldn't go to sleep. Had a cold brew coffee. And then when I got to court, I had another coffee. And um, court wasn't very long. And I had to break away for like 20 minutes or so to get on the phone to do another court, both going on at the same time. And then I was done with court like at 1040. And then I smashed over to uh, to Angeles for the Malvin Open, which was also a PGA 2K event. And it was a whole different vibe. 
So all the OGs, you know, all the mobbing um, bucket club holders. And, uh, you know, this is my home course. So I pull up and I get paired up with this dude, Zach, who's a ex-professional um, snowboarder, worked for Oakley for a while and everything. And uh, good golfer, definitely solid. I would say he's a high single handicap. And then I got paired up with this dude, Alex Fine, who is uh, Cassie's husband. And then um, this dude, Patrick Smith. And both of them were on Yellowstone and uh, Patrick Smith on a TV show called Vikings. I don't know very much about that show, but I do know that Nicolette loves Vikings and fucking, um, she's a huge fan of fucking Yellowstone. So I tried to get into it, but I really couldn't. And the crazy part is actually, I had court three times last week. So it was three fucking court days. So I just had a lot going on in my mind and everything else, whatever. And, and for the most part, it went really well. And so, you know, I'm chilling. Hole one, slight slice. But uh, I had 208 yards to the pin. Take out my five wood. Playing with Victor Cruz, by the way. Super Bowl champion from the New York Giants. And that's my dog. And... um. Victor's a stick, man. Victor's been playing a lot, way more than I have. And I play a lot. So, you know, um, take out my five wood. I'm just under 210 to the pin. And I get us on the green. I'm like, all right, motherfucker, let's go. Like, let's stop playing. And I had some really good shots. But around hole five, probably like towards the end of hole four, my chest started to hurt a little bit. I started feeling like it was heartburn. I don't know, I had like a weird... Right in my sternum, it was just feeling crazy. So I stopped and I was like, what the fuck's going on, man? I feel like shit. And it was right at a hole where Top Golf was doing this track man thing. And then I, I didn't feel good. And I remember I drove the ball like 225 yards. I just didn't, my chest hurt. And then like hole six or seven, I burped. I felt a lot better. And I'm having a great time, man. Our, our foursome's amazing. It's a scramble. We're just having a good time. But by hole 15, I was taking a swing. I had like 148 yards to the hole. And I take out my eight iron and I chunk it. And I chunked it because on my backswing, my chest hurt. So I throw the club down, take off my hat, I take off my sweater. I get all the ice I can grab in two hands and put it on my head. These guys are actually starting to get worried about me. They never met before in my entire life. And my phone is at the golf cart and I'm telling them, call 911. I always forget that Ron, yes, RDB, my coach, is a certified EMT. He was actually a paramedic for many, many years. I don't remember the time, if it was before or during or after he was a, a tour pro in golf. And um, he's like, hey, bro, man, uh, drink this water, hold your breath for like a few seconds and try to figure this out. He's gonna maybe even administrate CP. I couldn't breathe. And I was literally at that point, my heart was going like boom boom. Boom 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 it was tripping. Like I know I'm playing golf and everything right, but I'm not really working it up to the point where I'd be doing anything between a 120 to 140 heartbeat. And the only reason I know about this type of shit is because when I used to be really active, I had a goal heart rate. 
And that's why I would not burn fat instead of burning muscle. My resting heart rate is probably anywhere from, you know, 65 to 68. And um, my heartbeat was going probably like 55 and then it would jump to like 200. Yes, like cardiac arrest level is just fucking crazy. So I said, yo man, I don't think I can play anymore. So I sat out a couple holes, came back, drank an entire, you know, drank like three, four bottles of water. And um, I took off. I just sat down for a while. I probably should have just fucking left. I probably should have went to the hospital. And everyone was kind of starting to hear about it. Come to find out, yeah, I was dehydrated. And I definitely did have heart palpitations. I definitely had some kind of irregular heartbeat. No idea if it was. And, um, you know, I spoke to Ron, talked to him. He's like, yo, this is definitely stress from what's going on in your life and a lot of shit going on and just underlying things that are going on. So I definitely need to fucking take my monkey ass and just chill the fuck out. It actually scared the fuck out of me because it's like the second time it's happened in the last four months. So hole 18, I don't know. I have a 130 yard shot, take out my nine iron, swipe it real clean, no divot, no nothing. Get us on the green, put in. Uh, we end up shooting seven under, nowhere near what won it. And there was like real sticks that were playing. It was dope and just had a good ass time, man. And you know, Steven is crushing it. He had his his um, reopening of his flagship Los Angeles store um, on Melrose Place. If you get a chance, check out the Malvin store on Melrose Place. It's right next to Catch Steakhouse, right, right by all that fly shit. Store is beautiful. I mean, he's fucking printing money right now with, with, with that. And then on top of that, was that Thursday? It was Thursday, yeah. On Thursday, I shot for Golf Digest for a Malvin uh, editorial and it was streetwear type shit, like their, their own like golf style and stuff. And it was, um, it was a good time, man. It was, that part was real chill and everything else. But I think the court part and all that other stuff just kind of fucked me up. But my kids right now, knowing that they're sleeping upstairs, that's really put my mind at ease. And I think just me and Kaya have gotten even closer than we have ever been. Whereas me and the boys have bonded so tight, you know, um, throughout this tough situation. And now, you know, I feel like we're in a, in a different place right now and I can't really discuss it. But yeah, man, it's been a hell of a week and, and there's more to get into and more shit I want to talk about. But uh, it's been over a month since we've done fan questions. It's been too long. You know the deal. If you want to be featured on the show, send your fan questions to bbdtc213 at gmail.com. And uh, I will answer them on the show. You know what? Most people are very respectful. I rarely get any kind of bullshit. I was not going to talk about my divorce and like that, whatever. But I'm, I'm pretty open-minded. You know what I mean? We'll, we'll get it going. So let's take a break and pay some bills. And uh, we'll come right back with more BTB. Good money habits start with your very first paycheck. And if you just scored your first job, you've got an opportunity to jumpstart a healthy financial journey. When you sign up for Chime and link a qualifying direct deposit, you get access to benefits like getting paid up to two days early and fee-free overdraft up to $200. And with Chime, there are no monthly fees, no minimum balance, and no deposit required to become a member. So sign up for a Chime checking account today to link your paycheck. 
It only takes two minutes and it doesn't affect your credit score. Get started at chime.com slash baller. That's C-H-I-M-E dot com slash baller. Chime is a financial technology company, not a bank. Banking services and debit card provided by the Bank Court Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. Members FDIC. Early access to direct deposit funds depend on payer. Spot me eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply. See chime.com forward slash spot me. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. The amount of money I spend on myself versus my family is a balancing act. It's so easy to get caught up in what everyone else needs from you and never take a moment to think about what you need from yourself. I've been getting in touch with me lately, but when we spend all of our time giving, it can leave us feeling stretched thin and burned out. Therapy can give you the tools to find more balance in your life so you can keep supporting others without leaving yourself behind. I've benefited from therapy and you will too. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Find more balance with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash baller today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash baller. That's betterhelp.com slash baller. What's up, y'all? We're back. And, um, you know, I started playing Roblox in 2019 and kind of just did it because I was like, what the fuck is this, right? The kids are so addicted to it. They've been playing since 2016. Um, Ryder was fucking two playing that shit. London was obsessed with it. And they just like, there's just millions of games. It's like the, I can't explain the, Roblox has so many different internal games inside Roblox. It's nuts. It's a genius idea. I don't get a lot of it. And London had played this game, Cook Burgers, and made a 480 meter tall burger. I don't know, but there's a game that I can't stop playing. I talked about it last episode, Dungeon Quest. And when I started playing it, it was right around when me and Nick got separated. And then I started getting addicted to it during Hawaii. And I'd play it a lot during the time I was apart from the kids. And it'd make me think of London Rider. And just it just brought back memories. It was, it was dope. I would play it um, on my own. And um, you could set your, your settings to private. I have like eight followers on there. And I don't really accept anything. You could do it to where you could have a private server so no one can play with you. Even your friends, you could just set it to where no one can contact you, nothing. And, um, you know, I'm at level 100 right now, which is actually kind of hard to get to. So anyone out there whose kids play Dungeon Quest or they play Dungeon Quest or whatever, and you got some hacks for level 100 and higher, because I'm at Samurai Palace. I'm actually at a different level right now. I haven't started yet. Yo, let your boy know. And hit me a follow. I don't give a fuck. I'm going to start adding friends and stuff like that. I don't really give a shit too much about it. It's more so I could obviously keep in contact with, you know, or, you know, really just play with the kids and stuff. And um, I um, didn't even know I was playing like that. But yeah, man, crazy shit I want to get into, man. It's something that... If you guys remember, I had a falling out with Luigi, Luigi Villasenor from um, Rude. And he's hitting headlines all over the place in the streetwear community right now. 
And he's being sued by a minority stake owner of the brand. And what's funny is, dude suing him is a good friend of mine, George. Now, I met George many, many years ago in the clubs and stuff like that, around Jerry Lorenzo and people like that. He had kind of started funded, uh, he, he invested in Fear of God early. And let me tell you something. When I first met George, didn't really think much about dude. He's always kind of quiet in his own world. And in a way, I assume probably people might think that of me when they meet me, right? Real low key though. You would never, this, this dude's not trying to be famous or nothing. And the crazy about it is, when I connected with Luigi, end up seeing George there, put two and two together. We started rapping a little bit. And I actually realized how much of a genius and how fucking cool this dude is. Now, mind you, this motherfucker wrote Sexy and I Know It for LMFAO. Who are my dudes, right? Well, not, you know, Blue is not really like my guy guy, but Red Foo I've known for fucking 20 plus years. And Sexy If You Know It went at least two times platinum. And this dude wrote this shit in a nightclub on a fucking cocktail napkin. But anyways, George owns 20% of Rudy, owns a bunch of other things, and he's a cool fucking dude. Luigi, on the other hand, I've already discussed the thing. You know, I've discussed how I feel about dude. And I saw him actually two weeks ago at the Grove. And I avoided any contact. Dude is just a funny style ass dude. And when you see the comments on Hypebeast and on Complex Cow and stuff, and people are like, yo, he did the most Filipino shit you could ever think of. And he's accused of allegedly funneling cash into his pocket through different corporations under the main brand, Rue, to avoid you know, giving profits to, you know, the owners and and his employees and everything. And to tell you the truth, throughout that whole time there when I witnessed what he was doing, everyone had fucking left the company. This is old news, right? Rigi was living way beyond his means, the whole nine. And um, this man had interns slaving, doing shit. One of my closest boys, who was a diehard Seahawks fan, Fuck it. I'll put it out there. My boy Scott, who is the Seattle Seahawks correspondent for Behind the Baller podcast, was probably the most important person at Rude. And he treated this dude like shit. And Scott still remained loyal. Thank God Scott is at a bigger, way more prominent brand now. And I haven't talked to Scott in a minute just because of what's going on. I don't talk to nobody. And, um, it's no fucking, you know, secret why everyone fucking left the company. You know, this dude treated people like shit, thought he was better than everybody. And, you know, he's being sued for, what is it, 10, 15, 17 million dollars, whatever. And look, man, he's at a certain point, dude's just got to learn his lesson. And he's so young still. So I think that he can learn from this and maybe pull it out. And he made a lot of noise. Dude really was sharp with, with connecting dots. But, the way he went about it is just, I don't fuck with it. And one thing you can really just, the way you can tell how strong a brand is and your company's real strength, the backbone, right, says a lot when the lower tier workers are happy and you know that they're smart, they're climbing up, they could be someone. They're not just there because... They didn't want to work at Subway. They're not there because, you know, they're there because they feel like they can climb that ladder. 
You know what I mean? The culture you build means something. And when I was working with LRG, and obviously Jonas is my best friend in the world, you saw how much the Stockholm employees, all the way to HR, all the way to fucking, you name it, to dudes getting minimum wage, they fucking love Jonas. And that says a lot, like I said. It really tells you what type of shit you're on. And again, every fucking buddy left rude. And I supported that brand and I pushed that brand a lot. I'm telling you, I sold a lot of Traxedo pants. Sold a lot of rude clothes. I do not own a single bit of rude anything in my house. And I never will. Cannot support a motherfucker like that. So we're going to see what happens. Good luck, George. You my motherfucking guy. What else? Everyone's talking about uh, John Morant. Guy suspended 25 games. Yo, Ja came off like a fucking bandit. 25 games ain't shit. Okay? And then he had the nerve to come out or his team came out and showed the gun that it was allegedly on the live video that got him fucking banned or whatever got him fucking suspended and said it was a toy gun, it was a lighter. Man, if you don't get the fuck up out of here, man, I don't give a fuck if it really was a toy gun or lighter. Bro, you depicted that thing to be real, okay? If you was around, some, if some police were coming to you and they seen that thing, they was going to shoot your ass. At the end of the day, you was acting like it was real. Kids are watching your page, looking at you, and you are sitting there. Bro, I own a lot of guns. And you never see me fucking brandish that shit on social media. At least not in fucking, you know what I mean, in no recent times. I believe in the Second Amendment, but I've already expressed here many times, if they stop and ban guns forever, I'm not tripping. But I'm very careful about how I handle them, especially with having young kids in the house. Even the discussions I have about them. I'm sure both my sons know that guns, that I own guns, but they know they're double locked and certain things. I've had police officers commend me on how safe I am about them. 25 games ain't shit. Okay. By the way, real quick, head coach, Denver Nuggets, you a clown motherfucker, period. And I'm not even backing LeBron. I'm just saying, y'all, you just a fucking clown. I don't know what the fuck is going on right now. It's all kinds of weird shit with the Lakers, the fucking Dodgers, with the protests going on for the some fucking, some group that is like, they're LBGTQ nuns or whatever the fuck it is and the Catholics and everyone's just mad at each other and there's so much crazy shit going on in the world. I just don't even know what to fucking say. Like, I can't even follow what the fuck's going on with Bradley Beal and Dame Lillard and fucking... Chris Paul coming to, I don't want the, I don't want CP3 coming to the Lakers anymore. Now he's 40 years old. Fuck, I want CP3 now. We had CP3 legit and they stopped it. But now they got way worse shit happening. This is just some bullshit that they hate on the Lakers for. Look, speaking of Lakers, again, my Lakers collab got pushed by the Lakers. Obviously I wanted that shit out. The shit is fire. It was going to sell out in fucking one minute guaranteed. But now they bought a shit ton of hats. They're going to be sold at Crypto.com Arena. It'll be at Staples. It'll be on the Lakers website. I'm fucking hyped. Okay, so that's what my, my little bit that I got for sports. Actually, you know what? No, hold on. Anyone who's been following me for at least five or six years, you know I am not a Conor McGregor fan. I'm not a fan of his fighting. I'm not a fan of his personality. I'm not a fan of dude at all. Now, I'm one degree of separation tied to him because my boy Audie 
and my boy fucking, you know, well, I'm going to say his name. My boy's his manager and his agent. And great. It's like, oh man, you know, you could could have had Connor spend millions with you. I don't give a fuck. I think it's very obvious. There's people who are new and there's new listeners that don't know. Do you know how many jewelry jobs I turned down throughout the time I was hot in jewelry? And I'm not really doing jewelry anymore like that, so it doesn't really matter. I don't, I don't, I'm not a jeweler, right? I can refer you to IF and Co. I'm still the face of the brand. I just don't, I'm not a jeweler anymore. But I don't fuck with Connor. Anytime I can make a little joke here and there, I always did. And dude's been in what, eight fucking lawsuits in the last like five years or less than that. And there's rape allegations, there's this, there's that. I don't give a fuck about what he does on his personal time. And again, I think it's very obvious. I used to post memes of dude, I don't fuck with Connor. But this latest rape allegation is sus as fuck. And I'm just going to put in my two cents. The girl who says that Connor allegedly raped him in the bathroom, when I read her statement, she had said that he was in a handicapped booth, already in the bathroom. He brought her in there. She said she elbowed him and got away and a whole bunch of other shit. And then TMZ released the video and she went in there willingly to the bathroom with him. He wasn't already in there. There was a whole lot of other shit. People say, oh, no means no. I never said it didn't. I never motherfucking said it didn't. If that motherfucker raped her, then let let that motherfucker do 25 years. Okay? But what I ain't with is there's a lot of women out there lying their asses off, getting men in trouble. And I've just discussed this before. You know, saying they're getting hit, saying they're getting raped, saying they're getting abused. The problem I had was the girl didn't call the police. She called an attorney instead and pulled a civil lawsuit. And then you got the Me Too girls. Oh, you want her to put her name out there and then go through the traumatic experience and have her all this, this, and this, whatever. Like, he should lose his money. Listen, I am not a fan of dude. But I've been accused of some shit before. And I think it's time that women start serving time for making false allegations. Okay? That shit ain't cool. And all I'm saying is, everything she said in her statement did not happen in that video. That was shown. So if something happened off that, all right, cool. Prove it. Right? It's like training day. It's not what you know, it's what you can prove. And please believe, motherfuckers, I had receipts like a motherfucker when people had, you know, try to fucking accuse me of shit. I'm just saying I hate that shit. It is time because there are real rape victims out there, real domestic violence victims out there that they might not get that day in court. They might not be, they might not be alive. So this type of shit boils my fucking blood. And I am not a fan of dude. But everything she said, whatever, boom. And again, maybe she did want to have sex with dude. Maybe she was trying to set him up. Maybe she knew or didn't know that he was married and has a baby on the way. Who gives a fuck? All I'm saying is all the claims she made did not appear to happen in the video that was released. And another thing too is, again, I'm not saying she gave consent. I'm saying 
she didn't call the police. She called an attorney to sue dude in a civil case. No criminal, you know, nothing. So, I don't know, man. That's that for that. Okay, now, (laughs) US Open was this week, obviously. uh, It spoke about the fact that I'm really disappointed that I had to withdraw from the Pro-Am. But I'd like to thank the USGA for inviting me to the US Open. Um, I got to go on Saturday, took my cousin Steve with me. And uh, I wouldn't go unless it was a super VIP experience. And um, someone offered me $2,500 for my parking pass. Because when I was there on Tuesday or Wednesday, it was a shit show. It was a fucking disaster there. After party at Century City, there's people parking all the way over by Elrodale Elementary School in Beverly Hills. People parking everywhere. It was a fucking disaster. And they only let 20,000 people in per day. And this shit was been sold out, right? And, and um, we got to actually park inside LACC. Now, if you don't know the history of LACC, you know, it is a super fucking racist country club. They do not allow anybody who's a celebrity and who's famous. There's like less than a dozen black members, a dozen Asian members, a dozen, it just, they don't, they just don't really let anybody in that club and they're just super strict and fuck it. I will say this, LACC is, that course was probably the toughest course in the PGA Tour this year and will be the toughest course throughout the year. But as far as a spectator place for, for spectators, is definitely one of the worst spots to watch a golf tournament. Um, it's not really a great place to, to watch. And it's a private country club. You know, they haven't had fucking thing there in 75 years. But going there and getting merch, and um, they had a Ruth Chris Steakhouse pop-up. And uh, shout out to Michelob Ultra, my dog Nick from Michelob Ultra. Um, him and the whole crew, Brett and everybody, you know, they sponsored the Wash Lord Invitational. And um, we had a great experience there. You know, we're in the fucking pavilion and yeah, had a suite and all that. And, um, you know, got to watch the crazy fucking uh, hole 11, 81 yard par three. And then we checked out hole 15, the fucking crazy, um, I'm sorry, 11, 294 yard par three. And then hole 11, I'm sorry, hole 15, the 81 yard par three, which was nuts. And it, it was cool, you know, get to see some people, you know what I'm saying? And I'm obviously rooting for my boy, Ricky Fowler rooting for Colin, rooting for anybody tailor-made. Obviously, I see John Rahm and shit and chilling. And, and um, Cameron Young hit a ball and it landed in a golf cart cup. And as I was walking to the merch store with my cousin Steve, I saw it fucking happen. It was a fucking wild situation. But other than that, yeah, it wasn't like, you know, it's not a great place to watch. It was fucking starting to get hot. I, I did like 9,700 steps. I was tired as hell. You know, I got to eat. I got to chill. I think the highlight of it was kicking it with the Michelob Ultra guys. But, you know, watching it and seeing Ricky go low. And um, it's unfortunate. You know, I really thought he was going to pull it out. And I was kind of hoping Rory just for the tailor-made shit. But really, I would have loved to see Dustin Johnson win or um, or even Fleetwood pull it out. My boy Tom Kim went real low on Saturday. He, he, he tied the U.S. Open record for, you know, lowest front nine, shot a 29. It's fucking... Six under, dude was out of his mind that day. And overall, it was a good experience. I was there from like ten thirty, like four o'clock, and then um, the fuck did I do Saturday night? I don't even remember. It's been a crazy week, and I'm just excited to to like just chill the fuck out. You know, um, we got to shoot part three today. 
I got a bunch of other shit. I'm headed to San Diego in two weeks. I can't wait for that. I need to get back on my training, go see all the whole TaylorMade fam, um, taking my kids with me. I'm actually headed to play golf in Cabo for a private tournament. I'm getting paid. I'm actually going to be in Cabo just for the day, like less than 24 hours, which I've never done. I've never been in Cabo for less than three days. So I'm literally going to bring a fucking backpack and my sticks and that's it. And that's going to be fun. And I'm super hyped about that. Um, guys, if you are not subscribing to my Instagram, just know that there is a subscriber meetup July 1st, only for subscribers. I will be sending out the info for that, uh, coming soon. I don't know if I'm missing anything else. I'm a little bit out of it again. Um, I can hear London right now. So I got to start fucking making some pancakes and all that stuff. But guys, yeah, subscribe to the show, this show right here, subscribe to part three. And, um, if you want to spend $4.99 and get some perks and every time we do a meetup, just so you know, every person who attends a meetup gets more than two years of what they would pay for a subscriber fucking, you know, event because I bless my subscribers and I'm starting to get way more active. You know, when I went to the U.S. Open, I got stopped 75 times and it starts to feel weird going out, even the Malbin thing and the top golf, and I'm just, you know... Most people haven't said shit. A lot of homies have been, have said what they said and think people kind of get the picture that they're not going to, you know, ask me about what's going on. I'm okay. Oh, you look skinny. Motherfucker, I've been dieting for a year. I better be fucking skinny. You know what I mean? So anyways, guys, I hope you have a great week. Don't forget fan questions. Submit your questions to bbdtc213 at gmail.com. And uh, I expect some wild shit. I hope there's some funny questions. And that's it, guys. I'm just happy. Father's Day is over, and I'm looking forward to the most epic summer in the Yang Gang history. just want to give my kids the best time and make sure they are as unscathed as possible during this situation. You know what I mean? All right, y'all. Much love, and uh, I will see you back on Monday. All right, peace. <laughs>